I'm Jay Matthews, and this is AD Update. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, excited to be back. Uh, we've had a little bit of a break here at Briarwood, but we're just now getting back in the swing of 2024. I can't think of a, a better person to start with than one of our newer faculty members and coach, Matt Durkin. Matt, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. So I actually got to know you um, when we we're looking for basketball coaches, and uh, your resume came through, and uh, so uh, such great references and such a great background. Uh, I just and you've been just a home run hit with us, so thank you for coming. So give us a little bit of your background, and we'll talk sure. uh, how well the girls are doing, and okay. and we'll move on from there. Sure. Uh, so yeah, we. Um, uh, got started, at least I got started um, back in uh, 2007 when it came to coaching um, and, uh, and teaching. And uh, I started at a, a place that was a charter academy up in Raleigh, uh, the Franklin Academy, and um, actually didn't really have um, a sport that I thought I would coach. Um, I initially thought if I were going to be in coaching, it'd be in football or something. But um, Ended up getting asked a question in a hall uh, one day. Uh, I worked at the high school, but I was at the middle school for that p- period of time. And Nikki McSweeney, uh, AD at the time, asked me if I'd be interested in coaching uh, the junior high girls basketball team. And um, it was about three weeks before the season started, and they didn't have one. And uh, I said, well, I'll have to give that some thought. And um, got a day or two later, had said, yes, sure, I'll take on that challenge because I knew it would be one. And uh, everything since then, really, I've kind of seen how the Lord's hand has worked in, in various ways. First um, Corinthians fifteen fifty seven is sort of my scripture that I go to. I wear it on my wrist about about victory. Um, blessed be to God. Thanks to God for for the victory that we get through Jesus Christ. And um, ever since really being a part of girls basketball, I have felt how um, victory's been there, whether it be in games or in impacting people's lives for for positive things, uh, even um, witnessing to them about Christ. So that's kind of where I got my start and then uh, kind of worked my way through to the varsity level. We had some success at the junior high level, so uh, that was good. And um, eventually got spoken into by a a professional ball player who played college at Hampton University. Uh, His name was Tommy Adams. And uh, he... uh, I worked some camps with him and, and did some coaching with him, and he kind of came up to me one day and said, you ever think about college coaching? Uh, he said that the, you, a lot of the practices that you run and the things that you do uh, just kind of remind me of the college days that I had. And they kind of planted a seed, and then one day when um, an opportunity came up in Alabama, Judson, I'd been married to my wife, um, Jay, for a little while, and she's from Prattville. I said, well, why don't we pursue that? And um, it just happened to be that we got the position, um, yeah. and we moved down here, and um, after a year there, went to the University of Montevallo and was very blessed to have an opportunity to be an assistant, experience some wonderful things, including an NCAA tournament, things that I just never thought that um, uh, we'd be able to experience as my personal um, uh, thoughts uh, on on just what a coaching career might look like never included that. Yeah, so, that's so cool. Yeah. So your accent gives you away, uh, so we'll have to back, back up even uh, so <laughs> – you, you met this girl from from Prattville and got introduced to South, but that's not your roots. So uh, take uh, us take us previous to that. Yeah, my roots are way back in in, in New York City, uh, up there in the north. I, I attended the University of Connecticut. I was born on Long Island, but uh, my father worked for GM, so we okay. moved around quite a bit. Um, we started off. I was born in Smithtown, Long Island, and 
uh, ended up uh, moving around outside Boston and outside uh, Cincinnati and Detroit and Minneapolis. And so got to experience a lot of different cultures and a lot of different parts of the country as well. And um, eventually when I graduated from high school, um, I went to University of Minnesota and then transferred to University of Connecticut looking for a smaller school that was closer to where my parents had ended up. Yeah. Um, at UConn, um, I was able to work in the, the men's basketball offices for a little bit. We were coming off of a national title. Um, we had beaten Duke in 1999, which is very exciting. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if it served as an inspiration for me then to want to get into to coaching, but it did have an impact on me to be around that. Um, I was a, I had a business degree and went into marketing and advertising and worked in New York City for a bit for a, a large agency, uh, but then felt the calling after being saved that um, you know going into education would be a, a good move for me, uh, and so that's kind of how I ended up uh, going to uh, NC State, which was where I got my graduate degree. Yeah. Man, that's a whirlwind tour. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was Long Island to uh, Judson at some point. You know, it's, that doesn't happen much, does it? No, it does not. <laughs> I had a corner office overlooking the Gershman Theater in Times Square, and then working at Judson in a small town in Marion, yeah. Alabama. And I said, if it got any smaller, I'd be on the moon. I think, but um, <laughs> that's it, great. It was a great experience, and thankful for the blessings that came with all of that too. So how does the gospel message come to a guy like that, you know, uh, with your family on the move and, you know, not necessarily in the in the, in the heart of the Bible Belt? So I, I'm always interested to hear kind of how that sure. got going. Sure. Uh, I guess when I was uh, 20, 21, 22 years old, I really did have quite, quite a bit um, going f- for me at that time. I mean, to have a job working at a large agency and and the heart of it all and the hub mm-hmm. of um, um, economic capitalism and, and stuff. And, but there was a void there. I mean, there was something missing. Uh, the relationships that I had were very uh, transactional. They were not uh, relationships that were being invested in over time. And um, at that time, too, my brother, my older brother, was, um, he was saved. He had been a, a news anchor and, uh-huh. um, in Minneapolis. He was the morning news anchor for uh, uh, ABC. And uh, he was sitting at a Timberwolves game one day, and somebody spoke, a former player, I believe, spoke into him the gospel. Wow. And uh, he became saved. He gave up his, his, his broadcast career and decided to go into uh, uh, ministry. He actually works for Moody Radio now in Tampa, St. Pete. How about that? I did not know yeah. that. But now, uh, you know, he had been sharing the gospel with my mom. My mom had been sharing it with us. It kind of worked its way through the family. And then I had obviously been, been uh, curious about, you know, obviously salvation and Jesus and stuff. Started reading the, uh, the New Testament, um, mm-hmm. felt the calling to do that. And as I was reading through the New Testament and revelation was being given to me, um, decided to give my life over to Christ and to live for others uh, in his service. That's amazing. Do you, as you look back to that, I know it's always a journey, but was there a particular image or moment where you just felt like it was just really just grabbing at you? Uh, I would say definitely um, at, when I took the GRE, the graduate record examination, it was kind of a leap of faith for me uh, to go out and to, to do something that I felt like I was being called to do mm-hmm. and wondering if this was really the path that God had sent me on and if this is something he was working in my life. And uh, nothing had come of it. I applied to schools and didn't get in anywhere. And um, finally, uh, NC State had come around. It was my last option. It was the last choice, I think, basically, uh, for me to get in somewhere. And um, in the 11th hour, uh, that came through and mm-hmm. got accepted in. And it was sort of, uh, I think, God showing me about being patient 
And um, at that time, um, wasn't sure if I was completely committed uh, to, the, to, to Christ at that point. Um, not that I received something to become committed, but understood that, like, well, he does have a plan, and I have been seeking after it, and I've asked for it, and he has shown me uh, that, um, that this is how he's working. Man, that's, that's so encouraging. And then some of your early experiences as far as coaching influences, I know we talked a little bit about this in the past, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's always interesting if you believe in God's sovereignty and how he was preparing you for even the moment like mm-hmm. right now some of those things that were kind of coming together that you would have never even imagined. Uh, what, what were some of those influences, early influences? Uh, definitely the, the coaches that I had when I was growing up, uh, especially in, in high school. Uh, they had a great impact on me. Um, they spoke a lot of positive things into my life and the way in which that um, they were competitive and the way in which they treated us and treated me, treated the team, uh, the way they approached their craft. Um, I took a lot of my cues from them uh, early on. I really didn't have much to draw from it. I had been removed from high school for, I guess, almost uh, 10 years or so uh, when I finally got into into coaching. So I really had to start pouring into books and, and start reading from some of the, the greats um, yeah. from a few years ago, obviously, and then uh, present ones as well. Yeah. And started to read about what it means to build a program and the different kinds of styles of play and the X's and O's, but also the intangible things about working with student athletes. Um, so uh, there isn't any one particular coach that comes to mind that, that I have kind of modeled myself after, but uh, definitely enjoyed the books by John Wooden um, and his approach to his both his faith and his craft. Uh, enjoyed books, obviously, by uh, Gino Auriemma, uh, reading books um, from uh, assistants, different assistants who had roles in big programs as well. Uh, has been important. Coach K read his Gold Standard book, which was great. And um, just learning from guys like Don Meyer and even the coaches I've worked for at the University of Montevallo all have had an impact uh, over my time. And we'll talk a little bit about your classroom experience too. But, you know, let's see, you, you were at Franklin in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and you're teaching U.S. history, world history, so forth. What, what were the steps then that led to you going to Marion, Alabama and becoming the head women's basketball coach? That's not a normal <laughs> step, right? No, that's <clears throat> definitely unexpected and not something that we, uh, uh, my wife and I never really talked about. So uh, we, we met in Raleigh. She was at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, um, and she was studying to be on international missions. And so uh, when we got married and we had our first son, Charlie, um, and then we had our daughter, Eden, um, we really felt the calling to be closer to family. Um, and so uh, Judson College was uh, something that I had never even heard about. I never school that I didn't even know about. Right. And I always told my wife, I said, if something comes around and the Lord wills it, and, you know, we'll be closer to family and that right opportunity will come. And um, I can just remember there are various moments in my life as I walk through things how I kind of had to you know, take the, a route with, that humbled me but was uh, something that I knew would be a challenge, maybe a, a job that somebody wouldn't be willing to take or wouldn't find attractive in some way. Um, and so uh, I just can remember when um, Judson's job posting came up and I talked to my wife about it. You know, we, we were a committed family to try to be on mission for Christ. And Judson being a Baptist college, 
um, seem like a good fit so that we can marry both you know our faith and our desire to spread the gospel message uh, mm-hmm. to student athletes yeah. and so I know that that was something that was extremely important and you know we stayed there for about a year and um, uh, knew that Judson um, was maybe probably having some problems or issues and we you know, wanted to continue in coaching so the University of Montevallo came around um, we took that position but felt like that could also be a very um, good field for us yeah. uh, to try to impact others for Christ as well. So your early experience at Judson, so now you're recruiting, you're strength conditioning, you're, yeah, I mean, you're doing it all yeah. at that level, right? Oh, so yeah. how were you being developed as a coach during during that time? It was a hands-on approach on every aspect of, uh, of a program for sure. It gave me so much um, experience just, um, as, you, as you mentioned, doing scouting and budgeting and fundraising and looking at um, just trying to recruit um, and obviously coming up with different styles of play that that would fit uh, for these girls in the first year. Um, and then also understanding like the state of Alabama, um, yeah. getting to know more about the basketball regionally as well, seeing uh, other players play in the high schools and the style of play and the levels of play um, and learning from all of that was extremely important. Uh, but also, you know, the, the relationships in, in college, so you see each other quite a bit. And so you get to really make an impact in some way, shape, or form. And uh, some, there's good stuff that happens. There's bad stuff that happens. Um, but you have to really kind of uh, try to develop relationships, important relationships, in, in which you can um, mold and help shape uh, a student athlete. Um, and I think by being Christ-like and, and using uh, illustrations from the Bible, um, praying with people, uh, really helped grow me and my faith, but also uh, in understanding of what it would take to run a college program. What, what's one of your highlight memories from your Judson experience? Highlights from Judson, I think, is our first win that we got. It was just a great feeling. Um, yeah. I know the girls had been, you know, um, had had their struggles years prior, but um, coming off of a, a season maybe where they didn't have too, some, too much success, um, just winning a game and yeah. seeing their faces, and, yeah. and we had put in a lot of work in order to get that to happen. Uh, that really was a, a great, great memory. And, and getting to know the girls, obviously, was was, was very cool in a different way. Because in high school, you get to know players in some ways. and In college, you get to know them in a little deeper way. So as I've gotten to know you, then that wouldn't have been an easy transition for you then to go from Judson to uh, to, to Montevallo. I think you would mentioned that you know you kind of knew the school was struggling and, and you're just having to kind of – but. Talk a little bit about how that opportunity came up in the transition uh, where you became a very successful assistant basketball coach, a very, very successful head coach. Uh, so Yes, so we had um, – uh, when you travel around and you go into these different recruiting um, opportunities uh, around the state, you meet people and you hear about schools and stuff. And so I had gotten to know that University of Montevallo was just north, obviously had probably um, some interactions with uh, some of the staff and stuff, and then – uh, the job posting came open um, and saw that and thought, well, uh, this is an opportunity where I've gone ahead and scouted the state of Alabama really well. And um, I, I feel like I scouted it well and kind of knew more about it. And I could kind of talk about that if, uh, to the uh, head coach uh, as well. Uh, so when the opportunity came, um, it's an NCAA Division II school. I thought it would be a, a great way to kind of use my past experiences at the different levels to try to help a program on Avala, which w- was struggling as well. Um, was was near the bottom of the conference, um, needed kind of an overhaul in their recruiting, and, and needed some help. 
And when I spoke with the head coach about the position, he had said that really the one thing that he needed the most was somebody who knew the state. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I had spent a lot of time scouring the state and knowing which programs to, to look at when it came to players and, and where the players might be here in the state as well. So that would be a good marriage and a good fit. And so it, it ended up being exactly that uh, for recruiting purposes. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were able to get some um, all-state players right away. And That's great. Try to convince them to get them on campus. You know, I think the biggest thing with coaching and recruiting is just getting them on campus, letting them see something they've never seen before that they may not know existed, uh, and then developing and fostering that relationship or during that recruiting process. Yeah. And I think that wouldn't have been possible, really, if I hadn't understood, like, the nature of um, when you're a, a believer and a Christian trying to get to know people on a deeper level mm-hmm. and trying to be genuine and authentic and <clears throat> to give them something uh, a little bit different when it came to uh, having a relationship between a coach and a player yeah. uh, that isn't so transactional or artificial, but it's real and genuine. And in a place like Alabama, that that matters. People people can feel that. You know, they it feels like home, I guess, to them. You know, in that sense. And then your coaching is developing then along the way because I know you and I've talked about mm-hmm. uh, the intricacies of the X's and O's of basketball <laughs> and where it's gone. Okay. I, mean, I mean, I was sat there in some of those uh, final interviews listening to you guys talking about all the different defensive schemes and mm-hmm. game situations. So all that's being developed as well. Yes, absolutely. I've always uh, felt like um, in the game of basketball, um, you – I'm a defensive-minded coach first, and but I really felt like in today's game you had to couch those in, in offensive terms. So mm-hmm. getting getting more shots, more possessions, more free throws, if you kind of approach it from that perspective, they get excited. Players get excited about that because they want to score points. That's the fun part. Yeah. But in order to do that, you have to have a defensive mentality. you got to be able to um, rebound the ball well, turn the other team over, create opportunities to get second-chance uh, scoring opportunities um, when you have the ball. And that requires a style of play and a pace of play, which is maybe a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, being in transition and running the floor. And I feel like today's game, um, if you can find student athletes um, that are willing to work hard, run the floor, play good defense, and you can put up a lot of points. And it's exactly what we did at the University of Montevallo. We, we broke scoring records there uh, in the years that we, we were spending uh, trying to build that program. I think we averaged over 75 or 76 points one year, um, and we're putting numbers up in the 90s, something yeah. that hadn't been done in years. That's so cool. So it was really neat. The players bought in. Uh, we worked hard, obviously, to condition them, work on the fundamentals and the teamwork aspects of it. But um, it was a style of play that made us the aggressor, that made us the ones that um, tried to dictate pace and tempo. And we spread the floor well, and we shared it well, too, on the half. But really, just running the floor, which kind of changed the culture uh, of, the, of the whole program. Yeah. And then you and I have talked, but that that college coaching uh, time commitment and all it didn't necessarily fit well with you because your commitment to your family. And uh, I think that's what kind of, as my understanding mm-hmm. goes, led you to think of more of a, you know, teaching, coaching in the school role. So uh, I guess you could go ahead and sh- share that as well because I think that was a big part of your transition from that. Yeah, absolutely. I, there was a, a, a lot of time on the road. In five years as a, an assistant coach, you're, you're spending a lot of time, obviously, either in practices um, or on the road recruiting or in season you're, you're traveling. So you're obviously away. And we have three young kids under the age of 10. So we have um, Charlie, who's going to be nine, Eden, 
who is uh, seven right now, and then Simeon, who's four. And there's a lot of things that are happening in their lives that you kind of want to see and be a part of. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but you want to be around the family. You want to be um, there for your wife when she, you know she needs the things that need, you need help around the house or just in everyday life. And when you're on the road so much and you're away and you're, you're an NCAA Division II assistant, there's really just two of you on staff. And so you really are doing the work of a – you're doing Division One work, but yes. you're only doing it with two people. Right. And so it, it's just a lot of time, a lot of commitment, and um, the sacrifices that you make, you're thinking about over time, you know, are they worth the return in, in, in terms of um, – being uh, with family and stuff. And so you kind of measure the cost. And, and after a while, we thought, you know, it, it probably makes sense for us to, to, to plant a flag here. Alabama seems like home mm-hmm. and try to find a place that uh, kind of fits the values, obviously, that, that we have as a family and then continue that kind of uh, mission missionary work uh, yeah. locally to to uh, help pe- bring people closer to Christ, to know Christ and yeah. glorify him. And some of that was your church family, right? Because that's something I could tell was really on your heart in terms of y'all became very pleased or happy with that that church family you you found absolutely we found a church home um in alabaster at westwood and it's it's been a great place where we've grown as a family our kids um have been there and love the the children's ministry uh, my son charlie was baptized there um the uh, youth pastor rick callahan has had a huge impact on his life and uh, we just recently were the main characters in the church play, my whole family. <laughs> All right. Uh, my son, Charlie, was the lead actor. He was the uh, shepherd boy. And for six months, we prepared. My wife and him prepared hard because they were the two lead actors and my daughter. That? And uh, they did a fantastic job. Um, and they really did a great job sharing the gospel through that play. So we continue to see the ways in which the Lord has worked and shown favor in us, but also allowed us to bless others uh, with the talent, skills, and abilities that we have. So our listeners could appreciate when I found out we had an opportunity to bring you on board, how excited I was uh, because of your commitment to Christ, your basketball acumen, I mean, what a resume. Uh, but then there was the classroom piece that's also challenging. Uh, but we had the uh, position come open with our you know career prep ACT. And I loved how you just attacked because you knew you're following the guy that that everybody loves. So mm-hmm. let's start with the, the the classroom part first. Sure. How's that been? So you're 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 just finishing up your first semester, uh, mm-hmm. and you're probably still just finding your way. But uh, so talk a little bit about that transition. Absolutely, it's actually been uh, quite seamless in transition because Briarwood. The way in which the classroom is structured was a lot like how it was at the Franklin Academy, uh, Charter Academy that I was in at Raleigh. In fact, we were one of the first schools in the state of North Carolina to adopt an iPad initiative, a one-to-one iPad initiative in Mm -hmm. the classroom. Um, So much so that we became, uh, all of us as teachers became so well-versed in how to use technology in the classroom um, that we did the first iPad summit in education, iPad and education summit in Raleigh. And I I was able to present there as as was my wife because she was working at a sister school there too. Yeah. Um, we actually had the governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, come into my classroom about um, and to observe that technology in action. Um, and she then went on to my wife's classroom. So both of us um, had the governor come in and look at us as we were teaching. So when um, I came here to Briarwood and, and technology was a focus and the iPads were in use and um, all that kind of stuff, I was very used to all of the apps and the ways in which you can manage a classroom through it. Um, so that part of it was extremely seamless, where as somebody who's my age, if they have never had that experience, 
experience before. That yeah. might not be the case. Yeah. Uh, so that was great and very attractive. But also, um, just the, the the student engagement and, and student involvement um, and the energy and stuff has made it very easy to transition as well. I mean, you can feel it's palpable. Uh, the students here enjoy coming and they enjoy being in the classroom and getting to know their teachers and having those relationships. Um, and of course, you got to build that trust. And they're kind of always question, you know, whether or not you know someone's motives when they're first here. <laughs> yeah. You know, are you going to get to know me? Are you going to come to my games? Are you going to get to know me as a person and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff? But um, that's that's been going great. Um, yeah. And I've enjoyed getting to know the students, the ones that I work with in the classroom or on the court or just seeing in the hallways and, and getting to know a little bit more about them every single day. As far as the content's concerned, you know, career prep, I've had a few careers in my time. So I, like <laughs> I said, go. I've uh, worked in Manhattan in advertising and marketing. I've worked in restaurant service before. Yeah. Um, of course, I've, I've worked in various capacities in education from administration to teaching and coaching. Um, but even so, you know, when I was a teenager working in fast food restaurants, being a caddy at a golf club, um, detailing cars at a dealership, <laughs> I painted homes one summer. Um, these are all things that I experiences I can relate and share uh, yeah. with these guys uh, and girls uh, about what uh, what it means to be in the workforce. So, and then the ACT prep class is is uh, been fascinating to kind of go through and look at the different strategies at the time when I took the ACT. You know, wasn't really aware of, mm-hmm. but just kind of learning those and understanding those and knowing those um, and then helping them kind of achieve a new level uh, of success there. It's been great. And then you joined Lori Curley uh, in Varsity Girls Basketball here, and you guys have had a great run. I mean, uh, over the break, you beat Thompson. You, you had some big wins. So talk us through now, because uh, you're still in transition there as well, mm-hmm. right, as far as uh, – joining and yeah. becoming a, a new part of a, a new program so yeah i've enjoyed immensely working with uh, coach curly and these girls uh, it's been such a fun fun year uh, from the early stages of you know kind of being a little bit apprehensive about who this new person is <laughs> and these girls and stuff and then um, kind of learning and growing together we have a young team um, we have obviously uh, mary beth Thiessen, who is a senior who's leading us in various ways uh, but we, we, we play a lot of sophomores. And so to start the year, uh, there was a, probably a lot of in, inexperience and there were some new things that I was kind of um, talking to Coach Curley about that we can input. And she's got obviously all the things that she runs already. Yeah. And it's been really kind of a great marriage. We've been, we've been able to, uh, in terms of basketball and coaching, in terms of like combining our philosophies. I think it's, uh, it's worked so far defensively. Um, and I think it's really worked offensively. We're starting to put more points on the board, work in, in transition and, and, and getting down the floor and doing some things that um, maybe in the past weren't a part of the, the, the program, but we're doing now. Yeah. And, and Coach Curley does a great job working with the girls and, show, and loving on them and showing them various ways in which she has a, a, a passion for the school or in the sport, uh, but also these, these kids. So talk me through now, you, you guys are about to hit the – important part of the area play which is never easy you know the, yes. the area that we play in but you know as y'all been working you're coming out of the break now you're getting your school legs back back going so uh what are some of the things you guys are looking forward to and some of those challenges yep so area play coming up we have got our first one on friday night against pelham um, i think it'll be a good barometer a good gauge just to where we are as compared to the competition um that that we have to to beat in order to make it to, to state and stuff so um, but I think just kind of focusing on like what are we doing well and how are we improving and, and 
what are we comfortable with? What's our identity? That kind of stuff. I, I think as we get closer to the that February time period, just kind of solidifying it, who we are and, and what we do and how we do it. Yeah. Um, trusting each other, believing in each other, um, and, and competing at a high level. I think those are the important things that we want to continue to see uh, as we get closer to the end of the year. You want to be peaking at the right time. I, I Everybody always asks me how it was going in October. And I said, you know, in October, well, you know, it's going to be okay. And in November, it's going to be better. In December, it's going to be good. And in January and February, it's going to be great. We're just going to continue to ascend and get better and improve. And I think that's that's kind of where we're headed. Um, we've got tough challenges ahead of us with Pelham and Helena. Uh, good teams, well coached, you know, great athletes. But I think we can compete with anybody uh, that you know, you put on the floor against us. I think we're starting to believe that. That's great. And your past experience as a college recruiter, mm-hmm. how do you see that helping our program down the road? Because you've, you've been able to see the girls. You kind of know what the coaches are looking for. But mm-hmm. any, any advice on that in terms of any of the girls that might want to play to the next level, they're here at Briarwood, what, what value can you bring to them to help prepare them for that, that sure. process? Absolutely. So, yeah, I think um, – when you get to college, it's 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 definitely about uh, winning. It's definitely about performance. Um, and if you get a scholarship, it's it's for one year. It's not for four. Mm-hmm. And so, in order to continue to get that kind of scholarship, if you want to play at the next level, you have to continue to improve. You can have to continue to get better and to buy into what the coaches are are talking about and wanting to do. Um, but if you do that, and you can see the benefits of improving incrementally over time, um, and then just uh, learning the system and, and buying in over time, you can kind of see how it would positively affect somebody who would go to college and then have to face that year in and year out. Right. Um, in high school, it's you know there's a relationship aspect to it, but in college, you only get so much time with the student athletes. NCAA only allows 20 hours a week in season and then eight hours a week out of season, and so basically you're being pushed by the coaches when they get you to, to get better to yeah. improve, uh, and so that's what it's really kind of all about at that level. And so here at um, at Briarwood and, and just in high school in general, you know that may not be always about that in some programs um, but I know here we've made it an emphasis to try to get better every day 1% I always tell well I have told the girls 1% every day is important uh, to improve and get better and to achieve different things that you haven't achieved before Um, and then you know the student part of it is extremely important too we want girls that are going to get good grades work hard in the classroom and kind of represent who we are well in the community. Well, it's the same way at the college level. You want that GPA to be uh, where it is so that you can get into maybe graduate school or, or to get that job that you want. Um, that's an important aspect as well. When I was at Montevallo, we finished in the top 15 in GPA nationally mm. uh, one year, then top, I think, top 11 the next year. Um, and so I think that goes hand in hand. It's extremely important to be a well-balanced student athlete. And so we're emphasizing those things that could help them at the next level, especially strength and conditioning too. We talk about uh, the impact that strength and conditioning has on a student athlete over time. Well, in college, in order to keep that competitive edge, you're going to need to continue to get stronger and yeah. you got to stay conditioned and you got to get faster. Um, and so just continuous improvement, um, I think that's a, a big part of it and can help student athletes at the next level. So the last question is, so you're, you're coming to Briarwood, and now that you're here, looking back, is there anything that surprised you as far as maybe what you were expecting that's different or surprising? Or is there anything that from being on the outside mm-hmm. now that you're on the inside that you just felt like didn't know or, or didn't understand? Or 
I guess I would say the the energy level of this school is a lot different than any energy level I've seen mm-hmm. anywhere else, and which speaks to I think the passion that people have for their school and the commitment they have uh, for the people mm-hmm. as well. Um, I'm not saying that that's necessarily uh, the case everywhere else where there's like low energy, low passion. I have uh, not as many things to compare it to. Right. But um, it's interesting when you walk the halls, people know people by name. Um, they're not just a face. Um, that's surprising to me at a larger school that mm-hmm. has a lot of people. I mean, yeah. there's intentionality there. I yeah. guess the biggest thing would be the intentionality of the relationships that you have with your students and your student athletes in general. Um, that is not true of every other place. Um, it is uh, not necessarily a focus for a lot of other schools, but I think uh, for Briarwood it is, and that's great. Yeah. And so it does feel like a family, um, a real community, and um, one that looks not just um, at the outer person, but also the inner person, the heart, and trying to uh, impact them and, and getting them to know the Lord, getting them to grow in their faith or just to share the gospel with them through their actions and deeds. And I think that's extremely important and something I truly probably wasn't expecting at first. Well, your story is so interesting to me because uh, God's fingerprints in preparing you for at least what you're doing now, you know, all the odd jobs, the travel, you know, uh, just you put, you, you would have never guessed in a million years, you know, when you're sitting in that office (laughs) You know, in Manhattan, that one day you would be teaching career prep in in Birmingham, Alabama. But God knew, even way back then, what you were going to need in your life to get you ready for this moment. It's just always so interesting to me. Absolutely. It's the way that that things unfold, and especially we can see that in the scriptures and stuff. Hundreds of years where the Lord maybe doesn't speak to anybody, and then Christ comes along. But there are things that are happening during that time that speak to his coming and speak to the ways and things are being prepared for that moment. And so it's neat to see. Well, you've, you've been such a great addition for us. I'm so excited that our folks are going to get to, to learn a little bit more about you after listening to this. And then we can't wait to watch the girls compete. Uh, wish you the best uh, going through a tough area play. But like you say, now's the, the meat of the season where you're, you're getting hitting the grind and, and really getting going in terms of uh, becoming the best team you guys can be. Well, I appreciate that. I think our best basketball is ahead of us. We have not yet played that. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing that best basketball in in January and February. Well, let's go watch them uh, do some great stuff. Go Lions. (laughs) All right, let's go. At Briarwood Christian School in Birmingham, Alabama. And each episode of this podcast is dedicated to our coaches, volunteers, and other staff members who help us wrestle with what it means to be a Christian, competitive, athletics program and contemporary society. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of AD Update.